I'm going to talk a little bit today about what what this topic is. Why are we doing it? What what kind of was the driving aim for it? And so we're going to spend a class or maybe two just kind of walking through the, the reason behind it and uh, why it's why it's something that we felt was necessary and useful. So um, I'm going to start with uh, with the overhead here. You can kind of look at that a little bit as we get started. So in uh, 2018, uh, if you remember our goals for that year, uh, this was last year, were uh, around uh, getting to know one another better. And so one of the things we did was we wrote autobiographies so we could all get to know each other a little bit better. Second thing we did was we uh, worked on our prayer life, and that was so we could get to know God better. And then the third thing, as part of the biography, we did a survey. And this is the result of that survey. And so uh, the survey, we had 30 categories, and we uh, asked everyone to pick the things they felt on that survey were strengths, and the things on that survey that they felt they needed some work on. So that's what this, these results address. Um, so with that, we felt like we would be able to look at those things and see where, where the needs of the congregation are, and then we could structure uh, our activities around that. So, um, this is the results here. So, basically when you look at it, so let me get you oriented into this chart. So the orange bars, uh, they are areas of improvement need. So this is, these are the areas where everyone said they needed uh, improvement. Now, one thing about this survey is about 98 people filled it out, which means about half the congregation. And we didn't ask everybody to fill out, rank every particular category, so you don't have 98 responses on every category. We'll have, you'll see the highest is about 45. And so what we have is a very number of people responding to 30 different categories. So we have uh, orange bars that are the areas you need to improve on, and we have the blue bars, which are areas that you felt you were doing well at already. And so we looked at this particular um, study, and we saw that that prayer was one of the ones where not many people said they that they were proficient at it, and quite a few people said they needed work on it. So that was fortunately that year we had already chosen prayer as the uh, topic for the year, so that turned out to be a good area to to study. Looking over here, we saw that self-control was another one where. Quite a few people said they didn't do very well at it and uh, needed improvement, and not as many said they were doing well with it. Another area that fit that was knowledge. A uh, third area was wisdom. A fourth area was prayer, and then the fifth area was study. So study, knowledge, and wisdom kind of go together. Um, we're going to talk about that in a lot more detail and show you how that all ties together. But um, with that, we saw that there was a need in several areas. Well, that's the reason that we had our first class this year, the first special class, Practical Bible Study, was for this area of study. And you see, it's the highest one. It's got the most people who said they needed work on it, and it's, it's actually one of the lower ones where people felt like they did well at it. Now, if you really stop and think about this, you know, what's the job of a Christian? really to know, to learn, to, to, to study. It's kind of surprising that's that low, 
but I think there are some real good reasons for that. So that was our first topic, and when you look at uh, study, if you do study well and you learn that and you're, you get proficient at it, one of the things that helps you with is knowledge. So that one class kind of takes care of both of those. So we looked next and we said, well, we did prayer, study, knowledge. Wisdom's a little harder to just jump right in the middle of, uh, as, as we'll talk about. But self-control was one area that kind of jumped out, surprisingly to, to me anyway, that self-control was one of the areas that jumps out. There are areas like uh, kindness. A lot of people felt like that was a topic they should address as a, as a strength, and they did. And not very many felt like it was a weakness or a, uh, something they needed to work on. So we're going to take these categories and we're going to break them into three different groupings. And I'll show you from those three different groupings what we learned. There's more to this than just looking at statistics. There's a little, there's, from this we can learn uh, quite a bit of information about um, what the congregation is thinking and what, what are some areas we need to, to work on. So these areas that we're going to pick here, as you look at them, they're very practical because they're things that we need. There are things that we're going to use. There are things that I would say get in the way or help us on the way to improving uh, as a Christian. <clears throat> so we're going to talk about practical living, practical Christianity as we go along. But before that, let's let's take a, a little bit deeper look into the these um, categories. Yes. I'm going to talk about that in just a minute. Yes, sir. <laughs> and, there, and I wanted to try to take these things and really make them clear as to how they fit into our overall life and how they fit into the processes that we use in life. All right, let me get you oriented to this chart. Same colors for orange and blue. The green color is just adding the orange and the blue together. So what that is is when you see a big green bar, you, what you know is that quite a few people responded. So we took that as, if quite a few people responded, that meant it was probably something on people's mind. They were probably interested in that area. So that became a flag for us, and then when we get those, then we look at, okay, well, what was the plus and minus here? So this first category are attributes. Okay, these are things that we add to our life. These are things that we uh, develop, like mercy, patience, kindness, humility, selflessness, organizational skills, uh, vision, racism or multi, uh, multiculturalism, and then leadership. What we saw from this particular chart is you take these eight categories, that only a couple actually re uh, get up to about 30% of the responses. So if 90 some people responded set a threshold at 30, that's about a third of the congregation. Now, kindness was the biggest one, so it was only 44. So when you get 30, you're getting up to the point where you're getting quite a few of the people responding to um, a particular category. So if you take a look at these two that kind of jump out over that threshold, what you notice is with kindness, we do real well at it and we don't need a lot of improvement. So that wasn't an area that we felt like we needed. Uh, mercy starts to get pretty close and there again we say we do pretty well. We need a little bit more improvement than, than in kindness but, but the ratio there is pretty high. 
or more said they, they were uh, doing well at it than not. Patience is an area that's not quite so balanced. It's kind of 50-50. Um, so it's probably an area we need to work on a little bit. It's actually why the last lesson I preached was about patience, because this was an area. And we're not going to talk much about patience in this class. <coughs> when you look at the rest of these, you know, these are just not showing with a whole lot of, uh, of responses. But even the ones that have some responses, the orange bars are pretty low. So if you just kind of scan across, you see the orange is pretty low. There's a couple, one spot here that the orange gets a little bit high. And blue tends to be higher in, in all cases. So the, this particular chart in the area of attributes, this wasn't an area that we felt like we needed a lot of work in. So um, there's fewer numbers of uh, the categories chosen. Their strength, uh, strengths are good in the area of attributes. So this didn't look like a lot of work needed to be done in this area. Um, so which was good because we have, these are topics that we've been talking about over the years. Alright, the next chart is tasks. So these are things we do. These are not things we are, but things we do. So things like serve others, we assist others, we encourage others, we mentor others, we're hospitable towards others, we give to others, we pray, we have love, we, have, we do preaching, uh, we do song leading, evangelism, we do teaching. These are all more task-oriented. And when you look across this, again, you see a lot of, not many orange, not a lot of high orange bars. There are a couple that stand out. There are four areas here that tend to stand out as far as the number of responses. Service, that was pretty high. Everybody thought that was important and thought we did pretty well at it. Assisting, again, same, same uh, answer, and encouragement. Most people thought we did pretty well at that and didn't need a whole lot of extra work. Mentoring didn't have as many. I think that's probably because we don't talk about it much. It's probably an area where, um, as, as people see the value in that, that would start to come up. But I think at this point, people didn't see that. Hospitality actually came up as almost the uh, fifth category in. And it looked, um, and, and again, it was about a 50-50, almost like patience, where we need some work on it. Um, and people thought it was starting to become important. Giving uh, was somewhat important, and people thought we did pretty well at that. And skip prayer, love. These all come in at lower, lower sizes. And there are a couple here where the orange bars are starting to come up. The first one being prayer. And that was what we did in 2018. So of the high needs on this chart, this one jumps out, and we've addressed that in our topics with prayer. In the years past, evangelism has been a major topic where we have had personal evangelism classes and things like that. And that may be a case where we need to, to get a little bit more of that again. And then teaching uh, comes up somewhat. But in, on this chart, the thing that you notice again is most of the things that were of high importance were also areas we did pretty well at. So this wasn't an area where we needed a whole lot of work other than this one. And it would be interesting to find out after we spent 2018 talking about prayer, we had special classes, we had special focuses on it, we had goals around it. Does that people feel better about that now? 
or is it still an area where more work is needed? But so hopefully we've addressed that one. Um, and most of the rest of this chart looks like a fairly good news story that we're doing okay in these areas. So <coughs> the third chart is an area that I've called process. Kind of whatever didn't fit in the first two fits in here. These are things that help us to do our attributes and our tasks. So things like study, knowledge, discernment, choosing, I'll say that's decision making, application, self-control, faith, perseverance, and wisdom. You see, those are just very different kinds of topics than what we saw before. And this chart looks very different. When you notice that there's four high categories and three out of the four are areas we need improvement on. And this kind of surprised me when I looked at this and I said, we must not talk about these things very much. We must not focus on these things very much because there are areas where people felt like we needed some improvement. And so areas like study, you know, that was an area we, we noticed and, and we had our, our class this year. And knowledge being the same, we also believe that this study class will, will help you to gain more knowledge. Now, is that the end? As Christians, if we gain all this knowledge, are we in pretty good shape? No. Uh, we're going to see that as we dig in a little bit deeper. Um, but that's not really the end of things. In fact, a lot of this stuff here has to do a lot more with being uh, living the Christian life as much as any of knowledge or study. Some of these come in with lower uh, numbers, so they didn't seem to be as important. Uh, we're going to talk about them anyway, especially discernment and choosing. Uh, application will come in a bit as well. But self-control kind of jumps off the page at you as the next highest item that needs to be addressed. And so, um, you know, we address these two. This is really the main focus of this class is self-control, but we're going to do it in a, you know, it's going to, it's going to be the largest topic we talk about, but we're also going to um, spend time in some other areas too. Faith looks like we did pretty well at. Perseverance we do pretty well at. And wisdom we need work on. That's a, that's a tougher one too. Um, if you stop and think about wisdom, if I were just to say, Go to your Bible and study about wisdom, and when you're done, will you have it? You won't. You can't just study about wisdom <coughs> and get it. In fact, a lot of these fit that way. You can't just study about discernment and get it. You can't just study about choosing. So these things are, that's why I call them process. They're really more of the, the things we use to get where we want to be, not the things that get us that... that um, that we're trying to do. And so we're going to focus mostly on this chart. And I thought, you know, for the as far as the class goes, we thought that that uh, kind of doing a step of, okay, how do these things fit in with this stuff? And how does it all tie together? And so we're going to talk about that as part of the introduction to this class and then show you the specifics we're going to talk about as part of this, this class. So. This just stands out as being an area of big need, and uh, the good news is, is we are, you know, one by one, two by two, addressing these things. So, 
Um, we are making our effort here to jump in the middle of this. <coughs> um, so those are our observations that we came up with, and that, that's helpful, and hopefully it helps you to understand as well why we're focusing on the things that we are, and also the, the idea that we tend to study all the areas we think are really important, but we obviously are missing some areas that may not really be jumping into the forefront of our mind as being important. Because I think if we felt like these things were more important, we would have already taken care of them. We would have jumped in and studied or done what we need to. So there's obviously something there that requires us to, to dig a little bit deeper. Um, so with that, um, as I said, in the first 21 categories, there's 30. These are the last nine. The first 21 didn't show a whole lot that we needed to address. Um, maybe evangelism and maybe patience. There were two areas of, uh, that we might be able to work on. And then process was definitely there. Um, from this chart, there's really only one that jumps out as a strength, and that's perseverance. And uh, faith is kind of the second one. Um, and they're all showing kind of the same level of need. So we're not seeing nearly the strengths on this chart that we were seeing on all the other charts. Uh, it just is not there. And we're seeing bars tended, we don't see any real low bars here with the green, where it's just saying that people weren't really interested. These were of interest to people, and they were um, areas that needed to have some improvement done. All right, so what do we mean by practical living? Uh, this is going to take some additional discussion to get down to. Um, did any of you have a chance to download the questions and start looking at them? The, the questions, the, the way the questions are going to relate to this class is we'll give you a whole set of questions for the whole class and we'll tell, tend to tell you, okay, look at the next set of questions. Uh, the email that went out said, look at the first set. Those are meant to get you thinking about this. You know, what do you, what do you think about it? What are your, um, if you were to be asked to teach this class, what would you think about when somebody said, let's have a class on practical living? Um, what are the main areas that you would think would be necessary? Um, I want to kind of switch topics a little bit here, and let's talk about what is meant for practical living, or, or maybe what is it that we're doing in our lives. We're trying to learn. We're trying to take that learning and use it. We're trying to make take that the knowledge that we learn and accomplish something that will keep us strong and that will keep us uh, uh, make us good Christians. Have you ever stopped and thought, now there might be one or two people in this room that have actually been in this situation. Most of us haven't. Have you ever stopped and thought what you would do if you had never heard of the Bible, seen the Bible, or knew anything about God, and someone approached you and convinced you of the need, and then they said, here's your Bible, figure it out. That's a huge, immense task. That would be extremely different, difficult just to start like that, cold turkey, and figure out what's going on. That's, I think, a lot of times why denominations get so far off course. They just don't have the foundation, and they don't, they don't find the foundation, they don't dig deep enough to find that foundation. What are a couple of the main ways that the Bible teaches? 
Direct command. Direct commands. We get a command that says, we'll take the Lord's Supper. We do that. What are, what's the other main way? Inferred baptism. Inferred. Inferred, there's inferred commands, which the command isn't stated explicitly, but because of the way it's said, we infer there's a command. And that, again, gets us kind of right back to commands. What's the other thing that we learned by? Example. There's examples in here for a lot of the things that um, we're supposed to do. And I'll say those kind of live in the area of principles. What's a principle? We know what it is, right? It's hard to say what it it's is. It's like a broad idea of what it's, it's more broad. It's, it's like a framework. very broad, right. Yeah, it's a it's, framework of what you can work within. Yes, and so with that principle, we don't necessarily come out with a command, do we? We come out with a set of tools, a process. How are we going to use this? Um, let's take a look at a couple of principles. Um, let's turn to Matthew 22 and verse 39. Ask someone if they would to read that. Matthew 22:39. You know when you really start going in and trying to actually pick principles, you actually start having difficulty figuring out what's a principle and what's a command because the line is a little bit gray. It's not. It's not always quite so easy to figure it out. Matthew 22:39. And the second is like it: you shall love your neighbor as yourself. All right. How do we implement that? That's tough, right? Well, in some ways, if that were the only command we ever had, would that be enough? So, where is the standard in that particular principle? Love your neighbor as yourself. Now, what if I'm kind of a rotten person? And then I told you, love your neighbor like I do. Well, that's not a very good teaching, right? Because you're actually telling them to be kind of ruthless and nasty, where that's not really what's being said here, right? But you got to think about this. If you're ruthless and nasty, why? Yeah. Because and you're about self-gratification. Because you love yourself. Yes. You want to... And that starts to, to violate time. other commands and principles, that's right. right? But so and in that, then, if we would <coughs> do that if we loved one another as yes. we loved ourselves. And so there's always... With these principles, we have to be careful how we apply them. We have to be careful about how we look at them and what they refer to. And so in most of these principles, they're not, the standard is still not with us and they're still not wide open, even though, as we said, they're very broad. They just don't open the door to let you do anything you want. In fact, they're there to tie off certain areas where there aren't direct commands. So let's take, uh, Let's turn over to um, 1 Thessalonians 5, and verse 21. Okay, would you read that? And read 21 and 22. Test everything, hold fast what is good, abstain from every form of evil. Okay, so now that one is a principle. 
but it's also not quite as wide open, right? It's, it starts to at least set some standards here. Whatever is evil, then don't do that. Stay away from it. How might you use that particular principle? Simply that if it's evil, don't do it. And that's even the appearance of evil. Exactly. So let's just say uh, you wanted to go to a, a place where it's tended to be looked at as evil. Like, let's say your car broke down and you had to go into a bar to make a phone call. Are you comfortable with that? Well, there's the positive and the negative, right? I need to get a ride, I need to get help. And the negative is, well, what if somebody sees me go in there? That kind of looks like maybe I'm, so now you're not kind of avoiding the appearance of evil. But there, there are other examples that are more black and white where you're going into somewhere that just doesn't look like the kind of place you would find a Christian. So you might not find a command that says, if you're a Christian, don't go in a bar. But you might find a command that says, avoid every form of evil, abstain from it. Well, that principle starts to help us make decisions in those areas where we don't have thou shalt and thou shalt not. Um, in the Old Testament, there were things like that. And what the Jews did was they filled in the blanks. They took all the laws of Moses and then they added to them. And this means don't do this and don't do that. And so they filled in the blanks and then they handed it out as 650 some commands that you said do those. And I'm going to talk about that a little bit more. But you know, Dave, the trouble with that. You have 650 commands, okay. Now what I want to do over here doesn't look real good, but there's not a command against it, so it's okay for me to do that's, it. That's a this problem. This principle is so much better. The principles begin to fill in areas that we don't have commands for. It's good and it's bad. We're, the good thing is what you just said. It helps us to kind of close the gaps. What's the bad part of it? We use our own wisdom to make that decision. Yeah, and if we're not very good at <coughs> choosing, then we're going to make a lot of dumb decisions, and that's not going to go well with us. So, but our choosing is not going to be well if we haven't been studying. If we don't have discernment, we're not going to do very good either, right? So these things begin to tie together as you start talking, and that's really why I'm kind of presenting it this way. Is I want to tie all this together so you can see why, why these things fit into this other category. These are not things that we normally... Um, Go study and make happen. Let's talk about endurance. Does in, is endurance something you can go to your Bible, study about endurance, and then come away and say, I have endurance now? <laughs> no. How do you get endurance? Practice. Think about James. Practicing was one. What did James say? What is going to perfect your endurance? Trials. 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 That's good news. I don't, I don't want to do that. I don't like that trial. I don't like that trial thing. That just sounds bad. But it's true. It's true. So we we learn by study and knowledge, but we also learn other ways too. And those learning cycles, we're going to look at three of them, um, which will probably will probably do Wednesday three cycles that are all learning cycles, but we probably wouldn't recognize them as learning cycles. Um, they, a couple of them, at least one of them sounds kind of painful, so. Um, but they are, they're learning cycles. 
James also tells us that we can pray for wisdom, and sometimes we kind of overlook that passage. Yes, yes. We just don't want the tests and trials, well, so that's, we stop there. Why would you go there? Exactly. To the, to because you know what it takes, right? It, yeah. Okay. We're not going to get wisdom by just studying our Bible and all of a sudden we're wise. Wisdom comes with experience, doesn't it? It comes with practice. It comes with trials. It comes with discernment, choosing, application, self-control, faith. Those build. Okay. It's just interesting that that's the way it all laid out. And that's why I didn't put these things in that order. It just came out that way. When you talk about knowledge and wisdom, I mean, you take, we see it all the time when we talk about common sense and, and book smarts. Mm -hmm. You know, that somebody can be very knowledgeable, but not really have wisdom because they don't have the practical yes. common sense to put into action the knowledge in which they have. Yes. And in fact, um, I used to work with a PhD, and, and his general statement was um, PhDs are very smart people, but they have no common sense. That's <laughs> true. Um, sometimes that's just because they've spent way too much time in a classroom and in a book and they haven't stepped back to look at the real world. And that's a warning to us as well, not to do that. Not to do that. All right. So here's one of my favorite sayings here. And this is another basis for this class. Give a man a fish and you'll feed him for a day. Teach a man a fish and you'll feed him for a lifetime. So we could take it, we could structure a class around every topic that you need to know about, every command you need to know about, and we could teach you all those things. And in 25 years, you'll be getting close to knowing the basics of what you need to know. Or, and I think this is kind of where, where um, principles come along, or we can teach you how to study, how to discern, how to make decisions, how to do these things and let you go figure that out and let you fish and then that way you'll be more proficient at it and you won't need me to sit down and write out 650 commands for you to follow because you don't have the ability to figure that out yourself and there's no way as you know the principles in the New Testament there's no way you can sit down with the, all the information we've got and write down a list of commands and be anywhere close to successful you know sometimes I think if you if you give a man a fish, uh, you know, metaphorically speaking, uh, that's enabling. Yes. And so, sometimes we, it just helps them to stay in their bad state. Yeah, and right? we don't want that. Sometimes if you're forced to actually go learn it for yourself, you will. If you're not, you'll wait to be fed. And that's a reason why we stress pretty heavily that we can't give you it all here in the two or three hours we have. That if you're going to if you're going to grow to the extent you need to, you need to be studying at home and doing it on your own, because we can't possibly we can't possibly feed you enough fish to get you there. You need to be of the mind that let me learn the things I need to know so I know how to fish, and then I'll go figure these things out, and we'll just keep checking each other and figuring out where we're at. So uh, an illustration in this area is let's just say that I want to teach someone how to drive a car. They've never driven a car before, never seen anyone drive a car before, never been in one. So we said, okay, we're, we're going to teach you how to drive. So we take them into the classroom and we teach them all the things about driving a car. And we say, okay, you're ready. Go. <laughs> and we just let them go get in the car and, you know, they've got all the book smarts, right? 
Is that going to work? No. They're probably going to hurt themselves and somebody else too. So that's kind of the way it would be like if we were to just tell someone, here's your Bible, go study it. Uh, they don't have the tools yet to really know that. So let's just say we took the person in the car and we said, all right, there's three things you need to know about. And I'm really simplifying this for an example. You need to know about the accelerator, the brakes, and the steering wheel. Forget about the rest of it. All right, so first thing I want you to do is get in the car and focus on the accelerator. Forget about the brakes, forget about the steering wheel. We're just going to focus on that because that's what we need to know right now. Well, that's okay in the classroom. That's not okay out in the real world, is it? Okay, now you got the accelerator down. Let's go figure out the brakes. Well, that ain't going to work either. So sometimes that's the way we approach things, though, is rather than getting the tools and the experience, we just work on the book smarts. And, and we need to get past the book smarts and into the execution of all this stuff. So um, we need to do more than just... Uh, give them commands and then tell them to focus on each one. So let's just say that you were a brand new Christian, never seen the Bible before and you were, you were taught uh, just the basics and you're now a Christian. And someone said, here's your first list. I want you to control your tongue, love your enemy, study regularly. I don't want you to get angry. I want you to be patient, be merciful, be gentle, endure persecution, don't sin. Endure insults, love your family, love the church, don't hold grudges, control your lusts, control your eyes and your feet, don't lie, tell the truth. I want you to allow others to take advantage of us. Turn the other cheek, take the gospel to others, give it to others, or give to others, be faithful, forgive others, be positive and joyful. Don't be anxious or worried. Control, about that point, I'd be anxious and worried. Control your spending. Give, give back to God. Don't be critical. Observe the golden rule. Stay on the narrow road. Produce fruit. Grow in the knowledge and wisdom of the Lord. Raise your children in the Lord. Put God first. Put others above yourself. Visit your brothers. Remain unstained from the world. Don't show favoritism. Think about God often. Remember Jesus. Don't be in the world. Be humble. Don't gossip. Put your, put your cares on God. Be sober and sober-minded. Be content. Start with those. <laughs> when you get those down, i got ten more lists for you. How would you feel? I'm overwhelmed. It's an overwhelming thought to think about this. But you know what? We know most of this. So either we were at one time overwhelmed or we were helped to get through this in some way where we didn't get overwhelmed. And some of that is, we can't possibly know all this at once. And it's not reasonable to take them one at a time and study them one at a time. We're just not going to get there if we take that approach. So we're going to spend the quarter looking at things uh, that will be useful to helping you gain these, this knowledge and experience so that we can be better, uh, live better lives. I think that was the second bell. We're going to, next time we're going to look at the three cycles. There are a, there's a teaching cycle, a temptation cycle, and a faith cycle. And I want to look at those and how they work. And then we'll take that and, and apply that kind of back to the survey information. And that will set the groundwork for the rest of the class. All right, thank you.